0: Hello and welcome to Matrix Mysteries Revealed. This is your host, Unique, and you have joined me for another episode. On this episode, I uh, would like to do a part two on the fluoride and water fluoridation episode. Um, I came across an article during my study and uh, my research um, from the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. So they did a really great article um, called the top 10 reasons to oppose water fluoridation. So I just want to go through I just want to go through these topics and of course I'm not going to read the entire article but I am going to give all of the reasons and probably um, just a little detail within that reason and you can feel free to look for the article yourself because that's what this podcast is about. It's about discussion and it's about kind of opening um, the listeners up and I'm sure a lot of listeners know about this anyway. But nevertheless, um, there are those that don't really know about it. There are those that don't really care about it. And I know that. Um, but nevertheless, you know, um, when you know better, you do better. So that's my whole deal. And that's why I choose to do these podcasts. So reason number one to oppose water fluoridation is that fluoridation is a violation of the individual's rights to be, um, to informed consent to medication. Now, they're putting this in the water. We don't get asked for that. They say that this is, they wanna put certain doses in there so that we can get a certain dose of this. And within a community water supply, fluoride is being added to the water Um, of everyone even if some people do not want it and still others do not even know about the fluoride being added to the water or its health risk at all. So informed consumer consent is needed for water fluoridation especially because of the alarming lack of safety for this chemical and the health risk. Now reason number two. Is fluoride is an essential nutrient. Is not an essential nutrient. I'm sorry, fluoride is not an essential nutrient. Um, like it is advertised <laughs> that we need this in our bodies to survive for our bodies to thrive, for our oral care to be at its optimal. Not true. Um, fluoride is not a required component for human growth or development. In fact, fluoride has been recognized as one of the 12 industrial chemicals known to cause developmental um, neurotoxicity um, in human beings. And researchers have repeatedly challenged the alleged safety and effectiveness of fluoride. Thus, My first podcast that I did about it with the countries that banned, stopped, banned, or either rejected it from being in their water. Reason number three. Hundreds of research articles published over the past several decades have demonstrated potential harm to humans from fluoride at various levels of exposure, including levels currently deemed as safe, as they say. Um, Fluoride is known to impact the cardiovascular, central nervous, digestive, endocrine, immune, Renal, respiratory, skeletal systems. And this type of exposure has been linked to Alzheimer's disease, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, infertility, and a bunch of other things, including fluoride tox- uh, toxicity. Reason number four people are now exposed to fluoride from an array of other sources. So since water fluoridation began in the 1940s, plenty of products now, there's plenty of products out here that's containing fluoride. Um, Fluoride has been introduced to the average consumer, including water, but it's water, dental products, pesticides, fluoride supplements uh, prescription drugs things like that so you know there's really no accurate estimate of just how much fluoride people are actually putting in their system so if you're getting it from so many different sources and so many different places how in the world do you know that a person is not taking in too much in their body that will then cause disease and things like dental fluorosis, which I talked about in the first episode, and that is um, a lot of babies and 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 um, young children. I've seen. I've seen adults have it too. Is that when it is? Um, it basically it's a sign of floral toxicity that's in your body now. So. That's kind of like a warning that you've had too much exposure to the fluoride. So what happens is that you see on the teeth, you end on the enamel of the teeth, you end up seeing like white streaks or kind of white patches, white circles that end up being on the teeth. Now, it's not um, damaging to your health at all, but nevertheless, that's what it comes from. And according to um, data that was in 2010, which is still, you know, that was definitely a while ago, from the Center of Disease Control, 23% of Americans aged 6 to 49 and 41% of children aged 12 to 15 um, exhibited fluorosis in some degree. So that was a lot back then in 20. In 2010 and now we're in 2018 so I can only imagine how much it is now I haven't done the research on that particular data but I'm sure if it was so high at this level then I'm sure that at this year it will be even higher now so reason number five Um, a one dose fits all level is unacceptable And that's true. Once again, like you just cannot say, okay, this much for, for everybody. So I'm gonna give this cup to you full of alcohol, you know, or, you know, and you may be able to take that one cup, but the next person who is maybe a smaller frame or, you know, is not able to drink that cup of alcohol without being poisoned, without blacking out, without getting sick, because that that person's body isn't used to it. So the same thing with this, basically. Um, and something to add here is that, uh, Fluoride is also known to impact each individual differently, right? Like I just said, um, based upon like allergies and deficiencies, genetic factors, and different things like that. And notably a bottle fed baby is a, uh, fluoridated baby. Um, so in a fluoridated area gets up to about 200. 200 times more fluoride than a breastfed baby, resulting in increased risk of dental fluorosis and other adverse effects. So that's huge. 200 times more a bottle-fed baby, 200 times more fluoride than a breastfed baby. Then we have reason number six that there's not a widespread understanding about flora, about how fluoride interacts with other chemicals. So this is definitely a crucial issue um, in understanding the risk of this artificial water that that we have um, and that multiple chemicals, which we are exposed to can produce um, distinct reactions and interactions. For example, fluoride added to many water supplies attracts lead, which can be found in the pipes and different things like that. So um, likely because fluoride has been linked to higher blood levels in children. So this just gets worse and worse. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't seem to get better. Reason number seven, does it even work to to prevent tooth decay um does it even work to prevent tooth decay because that's what it is that we're hearing that's what the American Dental Association is pushing on us that's what our dentists push on us every time we go uh to the dentist our twice a year checkup and you know and different things like that that's what we're being pushed on so does it even doesn't even prevent this So this trend basically um, of decreased decay, missing and filled teeth over the past several decades has occurred both in countries with or without the systematic application of fluoridated water. So it's happening with or without it. So that's not proven anything. What it seems to suggest is basically how we're eating, um, you know, different um, sugars and different things like that. And that's something that can be improved upon for dental health. And research has also documented decreases of tooth decay in communities that have discontinued water fluoridation so their levels have went down in these communities that decided that they weren't finna go for it that they weren't finna have this in their water so good for them um and also even proponents of fluoride has suggested that fluoride primarily works to reduce tooth decay topically so basically just scrubbing it directly on the teeth as opposed to systematically drinking it ingesting it and all of these other different um products that have water in it i.e. fluoridated water and reason number eight ethical questions have been raised in regard to the use of fluoride especially because of fluoride's ties to the phosphate fertilizer and dental industries so furthermore, researchers have reported difficulties with getting articles published that are critical of fluoride, and an urgent need for an appropriate application of the of this principle related to fluoride usage has emerged, so this is just like. Um, the different doctors and researchers and things like that that have found cures to things, um, that'll be another topic for another time, but this is just like that um doctors researchers that have found cures to things and then they go and they try to get these articles published and what happens they get you know blackballed they're told if they put this information out they won't ever get to work in the industry anymore they'll lose their job um they won't even publish this stuff um they'll take it and hide it different things like that um so many different situations like that, and so obviously it's also being done here as well. Fluoridation discriminates against those with low incomes. so research has indicated that fluoride does not aid in preventing pit and fissure decay, which that's what they that's what our dental industry is saying. Also, research suggested that in malnourished children and individuals of lower socioeconomic status, fluoride can actually increase the risk, increase the risk of dental caries due to calcium depletion and other circumstances. So it's not helping the low income. It's making it even worse for those, you know, that may that can't go to the um, to the dentist on a more regular basis because of insurance reasons and money reasons and things like that. So instead of helping to prolong um, their their teeth life, um, it's actually doing the adverse effect and um, it's not helping at all. So more low income at least able are able to uh, afford avoidance measures. So if they use different kind of, um, um, waters and different things like that, you know, that might help them to prolong this situation that might help them to, um, To keep them out of the dental office not not the fluorinated water but we're talking about reverse osmosis type of water you know uh those different kind of things and there will definitely be a um a podcast coming up about that and reason number 10 it also poses threats to animals, pets, and wildlife, as well as the environment at large. Animals are exposed to fluoride in the environment through pollution of air, water, soil, and food. So, you know, it's important to consider consider their overall fluoride exposure. Even domestic pets have been subjects of reports raising concerns about fluoride exposure, especially through their water and their food. So I just thought that this was a great article that went along with my first podcast about fluoride and water fluoridation. And um, hopefully, you know, to those who... Did not really think about it before and um, have not looked into it before. Hopefully you all will look into it now because it is definitely something that's very important. And that's why I wanted to have a discussion about it. So as I end all my podcast, are you on the blue pill or are you on the red pill? And to all my blue pill listeners, once you swallow the red pill, you can never go back to blue. But no matter how long you stay on that blue pill, you always have a choice to swallow the truth. This is your host, Unique, and now it's time for me to get up out of this matrix. Till next time, bye.